Hey, Chad, I got a question for you. Who's the best team record-wise in the National League? Do you know who it is? Well, it's got to be the Chicago Cubs, and I got to tell you, they are surprising the heck out of me. How about you? Uh, they're on pace to go 50 and 10, right? I mean, that's totally going to happen, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. We've got a lot to get to. Of course, we're going to talk about that hot start. We're going to talk about who do we think is the team MVP, and what the heck are we going to do about Craig Kimbrell? What else do we got cooking? Well, you know, we keep saying this, and we keep on backing this up. There's not another Cubs podcast that gets better guests. Guess who we have this week from the Marquee Network, but you know him as the guy from Fox Sports. Chris Myers is going to join us on the seventh inning as our special guest conductor. So many great things. One of my most favorite interviews. Really enjoyed talking to him. All that and much more. The Friendly Confines Cubs podcast starts right now. First inning now, Chad. And man, when you look at what this season has already started as for the Cubs, it's pretty impressive. The record right now, as we record this podcast, 10 and 3, one of the best starts in Cubs history. When you look at the years that the Cubs have gotten off to this hot of a start, you're talking about 1907, they made it to the World Series. 2016, they won the World Series. Of course, you're talking about 2020, what could possibly happen? And 1969, while that was the year that lots of fans had their dreams shattered, they still won 92 games. So this hot start, Chad, could potentially lead to bigger things. It is such a cool thing to see this Cubs ball club get off to the start that they have gotten off to that we have not seen since 2016. It kind of gives you that feel once again, like we did four years ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, when I look at this and what excites me, it's the record is important, right? The record is historical in its nature. And yes, it's a unique season. We know there's only 60 games here, but the record, you know, you, you can't fake that sort of start. This particular season, we've been preaching this for weeks now, you can't take your foot off the gas. And this is a team, as you watch them, as you watch how they prepare, you watch how they present themselves in the dugout, how they, they play on the field, the fire they have, the enthusiasm, how seriously they're taking the COVID-19. The fact that they are putting themselves in position that other teams have to chase them, you know, that that bodes really well for, for what could be a really exciting year. So when I look at this and I, I think about, you know, winning every series all the way through to, you know, we can call this Royal series a split, but winning every series to start it off, that puts this, uh, the Cubs in such a tremendous, tremendous position um, so that everyone else has to not make a mistake. So if the Cubs can continue to do this, continue to win series, look out. This team's just having fun, right? They, yeah. You see them in the yes. dugout. Yes. They're, they're clapping. They're kind of getting into the groove. They're motivating themselves in a way that we have not seen in a very long time. I, it, it is safe to say at this point, as much as you and I love Joe Madden, that this team needed a new voice. And David Ross, so far, is doing everything right when it comes to creating an atmosphere for this team 
to be successful, to be loose, but yet at the same time, be prepared and ready. And that is what we have seen so far from this ball club as they enter the weekend, as we move on now to the second inning, Chad. But as great as this team has been, as great as the starting pitching has been so far, there are going to be duds. And we saw one on Thursday night when the Cubs lost a clunker 13-2 to to Kansas City because we did not see that quality start that we had seen six other times when the Cubs yeah. were playing Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Tyler Chatwood did not look good. The bullpen did not look good. And while I do think this is more of an aberration, losing by that score, if the Cubs starting pitching does not go at least six or seven innings on a regular basis, it doesn't bode well because this bullpen, as we already know, Chad, and you have the numbers to, to, to show and talk about, if, if the bullpen, or rather the starting rotation, does not give those quality starts, the bullpen is not going to give that type of long relief to help this team at least catch up in that category to try and come back and win. Once they're down and the rotation doesn't do their job, it is going to be hard for this team to come back and win games this year in any scenario as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I mean, you know where I'm going with this. You know, you know exactly what I'm going to say, Rhino. It, the, you know, this is one game, and you look at the way this team was firing up until that one game. Um, you know, Chatwood was a world beater, and yeah, he, you know, can he can he maintain a a sub point nine ERA for the rest of the season? No, I mean that would be historical in nature. He. Um, has shown something uh, in the previous two starts. Had a rough outing, and 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 you know what? We've seen these we've seen these games where it's just a yard sale, where all the position players are pulled, the bench players come on, and you know what? It just wasn't their night. And so let's just put this on the fact that it's really hard to win seven games in a row. And so the last time we recorded an episode, we do this weekly. The last time the Cubs haven't lost a game since then. And so if, if, if this Cubs team is going to have a clunker one game a week and they're playing seven, six to seven games a week, I put a lot of stake on this team to do what they need to do. You're right about the bullpen, but right now I look at this starting rotation and I say they have shown me that they are prepared, willing, and able, um, and, and they're executing for the most part. I mean, you can't be 10-3 and three two weeks into the season when we record this episode um, by accident. No, and, and that's totally fair. But, you know, you know, like I said before, if the starting pitching does not, each time they go out, have those quality starts, uh, it concerns me. There, there is at least that yeah. concern with, with that. But like you said, I, and, and, and like we both agree on, this was an aberration, hopefully, and we don't yeah. see this too often. So let's move on to the third inning, Chad. And, well, we talk about that bullpen, and when we do talk about the pen, obviously when we have that big concern, it all starts with Craig Kimbrell, who did have another opportunity yeah. to pitch on Thursday, pitched an inning, gave up a run, two hits, struck out a batter, and walked a batter. I mean, there are so many things going around right now as to what the concern or issue is with Craig Kimbrell. Um, Sean Marshall of the Marquee Network went on and discussed how he feels like Kimbrell 
is kind of off balance when he's when he's pitching or he's not throwing at the same angle that he did when he was with the Red Sox and that's causing you know some issue it's it's not the fact that he's not throwing hard I mean the man's chucking the ball at 97 miles per hour like that's not the issue the velocity yeah. though seems to be a problem and he's not able to get his curveball over the plate consistently for strikes or at least to fool hitters to swing at that pitch. That yeah. is what the biggest concern is. And I, I, I applaud David Ross trying to get him as much work as possible in certain situations so he can at least try to regain his form. He, he has talked about it, saying he is going to continue to mentally push as hard as he can. And I applaud Craig Kimball for that. But at what point do you sit there and go, listen, I understand we're paying you $13 million, but you are clearly not yeah. able to get outs when we need you to. And we just don't know if we can bring them into games anymore. Yeah. I mean, at what point do you make that call? I, I think it's sooner rather than later. I think the call has been made. I mean, you know, I don't want to harp on this Thursday night game. He you know, gave up a run. Everybody gave up a run. Um, he is no longer the closer at this point, just based upon how David Ross is using him. You wouldn't throw your closer in this situation. He was trying to get some confidence. The thing about Craig Kimball right now is he's not fooling anybody. And, and his, you know, his pitches, there's not the same velocity and movement that we had seen in the pitch in the past. This, this guy's two pitches. You know, he's, he's got a, he's got a, a curve ball and a four seamer and, and, and his velocity is ticking up a little bit higher than it was last year, but he is just not the same player he was before the Cubs picked him up. Be why a lot of teams, you know, and, and their scouting department said, you know, what, we're going to take a pass on this guy. And the reason the Cubs were able to pick him up halfway through the season last year, I, I threw a, a stat up on the friendly confines uh, headquarters, Facebook page through 20, well, it would now would be 26 games with the Chicago Cubs. He's given up multiple home runs four times. His previous 542 games, only one game he gave up multiple home runs. So this is a guy that at times looks like batting practice and at times um, gets a few outs. But he, what he hasn't looked like at any time in a Cubs uniform is dominant. And so, you know, I pose that question on the, on the Facebook page to say, what's his role? And it feels like the general consensus is uh, they have, they don't know what his role is. And David Ross probably needs to move to, which he has so far to success again, 10 and three at this point um, success as closer by committee. I don't know if Craig Kimbrell can, can bring, can, can pull it together. I, it would be a metamorphosis unlike anything we've ever seen. Cause he's been in a Cubs uniform for a year now. Um, I don't have high hopes that he's going to have much of a role here in the 2020 season. All right, let's move on to the fourth inning now, Chad. And well, all encompassing with the pitching staff, we talked about how great the rotation is and how, you know, right now the concern is for the bullpen. Jose Quintana, we talked about this a little bit last week. He's still sitting out there recovering from that injury. He's going to be back sooner rather than later. And maybe there's a little chatter out there that possibly you trade Jose Quintana for some bullpen help. Obviously, there are teams that are going to need starting pitching and being a lefty and being somebody who is uh, on a very friendly contract, so to speak, yeah. uh, coming off the books next year, he could be a valuable piece for a team 
that's looking to win a division title or get to the postseason, which would be ironic if the Cubs faced him in the postseason, should the Cubs make the postseason. (laughs) Um, Do you entertain this idea? I certainly do. Uh, Knowing what you know with Tyler Chatwood and Alex Mills right now, do you entertain this idea of maybe trading Jose Quintana and getting some bullpen help for this team? If you've, you know, I, I say no, I, I don't feel like this 2020 season and the uncertainties of what a 2021 is going to look like. I don't feel like you're going to see a lot of front offices that are going to be making any, any, any big moves. I think there's going to be a lot of it's, it, people are just kind of going to dance with the, the girl you brought, you know? And I think if you've got a bullet in the chamber and that's what I see with, with, with Jose, you've got a guy that can spell your, your starters. I mean, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. A six-man rotation, or at least a you know a situation where you know there's not a lot of off days here, and so if I, you know if I was going to be doing this, knowing that this is a stretch run, knowing that you've got to keep your arms fresh, I can see it more likelihood that he would be a, a, a spell guy. He would be a guy where like somebody's arm dead, you know, give Lester a a, a, a day off in the rotation. Let's see what he has. Let's see what he comes back with because you know he's going to eat up innings. He's not that dominating force. Um, if you could get – I mean, what team is going to be out there that is going to say, okay, I really need a starter and I'm going to give you up a quality reliever? Well, That's why I'm not buying it. Well, I, I think there are teams out there. I think the Atlanta Braves are a perfect example of that. Losing Mike Soraka, you know, earlier this uh, – you know, past couple of weeks. I think that's a team you look at that is contending for a title that needs a starting pitcher right now. And Quintana could be a guy that you look to. I'm not saying it's, it's definitely yeah. going to be the Braves, but I'm just saying there, there are teams out there that are looking for that piece that could use a lefty to shore up that rotation no. if they find themselves in, in a pennant chase and especially I, in a short season. I, I think that I appreciate is something to consider. Rhino, I appreciate that, but what I'll just share with you is, again, at what cost? Would you rather have Jose with you throughout the rest of the season? Or, I mean, there's not a reliever tree out there. There's not a closer tree out there that is just magically producing these relievers and closers. Baseball is an offensive-geared game these days, and, uh, you know, the, the, the runs scored have been up big time over the last couple of years. They're trending up, so let's let's... Let's see what we can do. Let's see what this team can produce. I don't see them making a move, but you know what? Theo wants to put an exclamation point on his career. Let's see what he can do and, and, and how, uh, what sort of strings he can pull. All right, so let's move on to the fifth inning now, Chad. And if you uh, have been watching the games on Fox, which uh, we got to see on Thursday night between the Cubs and the Royals, and then um, we got to see it you know, a couple of weeks ago when the Cubs were also on Fox at Wrigley, um, we had the opportunity to see the virtual fans <laughs> in the stands. Um, yeah. Say what you want about them. It may be creepy. It may be weird. It may be cool, depending on what you think. Um, I'm curious about I'll, – I'll let you start with this one. Um, are you a fan of the virtual fans, or would you prefer they just go away? I think that they're trying, right? And, and I was having this discussion. Uh, earlier today about you know when are music festivals coming back when are concerts coming back when when am I going to be able to sit my season ticket seats at Wrigley Field and I don't know and so what I can appreciate about what they've done technologically you as you know if I have a choice 
I will almost always listen to, to Pat. I almost will always listen to our, our, our uh, seventh inning stretch guest conductor from last week, Pat Hughes. I almost always will. And when I listen to him and Ron, that ambient sound and the cheers, it's see, I mean, I'm fooled. It sounds like there's people there. They're trying to do something from the video perspective. I found it very distracting. I found it very weird. Um, I think it's going to get better. I think they're going to figure this out. I mean, they're taking a chance there. Fox has always been on the forefront of, 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 you know, the viewer experience with, with different things like the first down marker things in, in different sports and the, the pitch tracks, all those things. I, I appreciate that they're trying to do it, um, but it was just jarring. It just is odd. And I think the only way really to do it in, in a good way is to superimpose people's face. So they're looking for their own face out there. Um, I, you know, whether it's that or the cutouts, it's just weird. It's odd. And no, I'm not a fan. Um, I prefer Wrigley Field empty, knowing what we know that this is just a unique season. Uh, but as I said, I'm always going to appreciate Pat and Ron in my year versus seeing a lot of weird things um, on the screen. What do you think? Yeah. And I said this on uh, Tay and Piper when uh, I was uh, lucky enough to go on 93.5 ESPN in Champaign. Shout out to uh, our good friend Lon Tay out in Champaign who had us on. Um, I said, I don't have a problem with it. Just be consistent with it, right? So when we're yeah. looking yeah. at the camera angles and there are shots where you don't see anybody and then you yeah. see a you know, fly ball or a home run or whatever it may be, and then you see the fans, it's just a little off, right? So either have it for all the camera shots where you're seeing fans consistently or don't do it at all because the whole back and forth of – there's fans now we don't see fans now we do it's just it just makes it a little weird and i like you said baseball is trying and they want to give the viewer and the fan at least some semblance to make it seem like that there is normalcy back in the game of baseball even though we know there is not the crowd noise certainly makes it cool because it just gives it that feel and i appreciate that um, but at the same time, if you're going to do it, be consistent with it and yeah. show it for all the angles, as opposed to just like a couple to make it just that strange look that it's, uh, it's had for the last, uh, couple of games that we've watched it for. So with that, Chad, let us move on now to the sixth inning. And, uh, we've had some time over the past couple of weeks to see this team play, uh, who right now is your Cubs MVP? It can literally be anyone within this organization. I'm not going to limit it to just players. So if you want to make it a coach or yeah. a manager or even a front office person, uh, who right now for you is the Cubs MVP? You've got a lot of players that have stepped up. The starting rotation has been incredible. I mean, you know, National League leading um, ERA going into the Thursday night game. You've got position players that are showing up with focus and determination and and being workmen like there's 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 so many people on this roster that you could laud. But the clear choice of MVP, the guy that you gave a solid B or B plus last week to I give MVP right now to David Ross. And here's a couple reasons why we know. We know from all the reports, this team has taken the COVID-19 precautions, the, the, the taking every step they can to take this very seriously. 
so much to the point where other teams are reaching out and Major League Baseball is reaching out and asking the Cubs for advice. That's one thing. Two, this is a team that has a fire um, that 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 we've seen. We have visibly seen the excitement and the energy that we haven't seen in the last couple of years under the previous manager. Number three, this is a team that it seems like everybody that needs at-bats or starts are getting those at-bats and starts, but yet there's a consistency to the lineup. And the last reason, Ryan, is Theo Epstein said, very veiled reference, he said in this in, in a report, um, he didn't go into, into specifics, didn't go into detail, but he said things that needed to be dealt with over the last couple of years, David Ross dealt with. And so all those things I just said from behind, all those other issues, those all feed into that. And David Ross has come in. He is the leader of this team. He's created a culture that is so important, so necessary. And if you're a Cubs fan, if you've been watching and listening to this, this team, you've seen this culture in action. Throwing shade at Joe Madden, Theo Epstein was. Um, a little bit. Chad, it pains me to agree with you, but you're right. It is David yeah. Ross. David Ross is the MVP of this team so far. You're 100% correct about that. Um, and you know what? Even though you still give me grief about me giving him a B plus, uh, he still, that is a great grade. And David Ross has been fantastic. Um, right now, he is, he is the runaway winner through the first two weeks of the season for manager of the year. And if the Cubs keep up this pace, and if the Cubs win the division, David Ross will win National League Manager of the Year. Yeah. Without a doubt, he will win. Yep. Um, it, yep. is, it is without any doubt in my mind. He will get it. Um, David Ross has been a breath of fresh air for this team. The team is rejuvenated. We mentioned that earlier in the program. And they are responding to what he is. And David Ross does it not only with that calm demeanor, but he does it in a way where the players are obviously respectful of him when they were, when he played with them in 2015 and 2016, but yet he is doing it in a way where the players are saying to themselves, we need to back this guy. Even though we may not agree with what he is saying, we are going to listen to what he wants us to do because we know ultimately it is for the best. David Ross believes in what he is doing. He believes in himself and he's comfortable with who he is. And I think all of those things are playing a role right now with this baseball team. Time now for the seventh inning stretch, and we're joined by Marquee Networks. I think one of the biggest guys on the marquee of the Marquee Network, Chris Myers from Fox Sports. Chris, welcome to the Friendly Confines. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you. Let's start talking about the Cubs. You know, what has been your impression so far? We're two weeks in. This is a team that that uh, has got a lot of uh, a lotting from from people on the outside of really taking uh, COVID seriously, really being aligned on 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 wanting to play and be safe and be be uh, be aligned with that. Um, so that's a positive. But then on the field, these guys look like world beaters right now. What do you think about the Cubs? Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad, and I know that the organization, from having visited them in, back in February in the original spring training, uh, before we even knew this was a serious, they were, they were taking other things in terms of their preparation for the season very seriously and have done that since with the second go-round and, and adhering to uh, the safeguards, at, at least as, as we stand now. But I'll tell you a couple of things, you know, the, the, the known, the, the unknown, 
and and then what jumps out at me, the, the, you know, the note is I knew the team would hit. I, I love the depth, but it's the catching position. I mean, obviously, healthy uh, Bryant, Rizzo, guys are going to go in and out of the lineup. Bias, but but they their lineup and the addition of the DH, uh, I, I just think is one of the one of the best in in baseball, and, and they've shown that. But but the surprise has been the starting pitching to have yeah. the second best ERA in the National League. Uh, and, and again, I, I thought we'd get Lester. In fact, he may have been helped uh, by the short season. He's kind of a perfectionist, so he can use all he has for, for the, just this stretch. And, and from the Cubs' standpoint, hopefully a postseason. Darvis is still a, a, an up and a down, and you might get the good one, you might get the bad one. But you know, Kyle Hendricks, great start. I know he came back to reality on the second one. Alec Mills is has really mixed, changing speeds, has shown a lot of effectiveness. He's really worked at his craft. And I think this goes into a credit to the organization. And, and the other the other thing I was going to say is the, the expert, David Ross, I thought he'd do well. It's almost like having a catcher out there and a pitching coach in your manager. Uh, and I saw this a little bit in, in spring training. He knows this team well. He's been on World Series teams, the blending of age, youth, of unusual situations and circumstances. So for a rookie manager, it certainly hasn't looked, and I know it's very early, but just the feel he has for the personnel on this team with the front office, the long-range plan, and, and then getting it done on the on the field in, in certain situations, leaving in that, that early way, leaving Hendricks in, having a sense to name him as your opening day starter. Some of these things, and there's going to be some, some missed things, I'm sure, because nobody's perfect, but to me, these are the things that jump out at this team. And I, I thought it was a three-horse race that, that Central Cardinals uh, – Brewers and, and, and the Cubs. That, yeah, and I still believe the Reds with their starting pitching in their lineup, uh, although they could be the, uh, as Mark Race called them, the, the Cleveland Browns of, uh, of baseball in the offseason that everybody's picking them, and they should do well, but let's see them do it on, actually do it on the, on the field. And the Cubs have certainly uh, exposed them a little bit early. But, but anyway, I, I, I guess I'm saying that I'm more convinced that the Cubs can, uh, can make a run to the division title in the playoffs now that I've seen them play in the first couple of weeks. Let's dig a little bit deeper into uh, D- David Ross. And, and I, I'm firmly convinced, and we, we would have had many storylines around Joe Madden um, and around his tinkering. And, and he is a legend in Chicago sports, so there's no besmirching him at all. But, uh, but he had a way of inserting himself into the storylines uh, with how he managed the pitching staff, the lineups, moving things around. For David, what are you seeing and what are you hearing from your – colleagues and brethren at the Marquee Sports Network in terms of how he's carrying himself every day and what sort of manager he is in in relation and in comparison to his predecessor. Yeah, and I, unfortunately, I haven't been able to be around them because of the limitations of, of COVID-19 and, and travel other than early in spring training, so since the, yeah. the season ha- has started. But even when he had an illness, not COVID-related, it had to sit out, I think, because just, just to be careful, um, I I just think he's he's very very wise, but but uh, but street savvy, and I and by that I mean street savvy about baseball, having had the kind of career he's had and had to earn a lot and be around superstars and be on teams that some weren't expected to do to do much and they accomplished. So I, I think what I noticed is his personal relationship with with players without, and I think that was a concern. Oh, he was a buddy and a teammate, and now he's got to be the boss. And so he's been able to be the boss, the guy in charge, but but in a uh, in a in a friendly, firm way. Whether it's you know having with Baez or or even some of the pitchers, and again, a guy who's who's caught uh, games knows the strengths and weaknesses of pitchers maybe more than a guy who's who's just out there in the in the uh, you know playing in the, in the infield or the outfield. So and I I, I was kind of you know I I don't know how much from broadcasting he he took. Some people have asked about that from. 
uh, from his time off and then going into the manager position. But I, I would say that he's very comfortable with who he is. And I think his players see that. So that authenticity is something I think that there's a quick trust there. If he says something, even if they don't agree with it, I think they're willing to go with it, even if it's something that, that okay, it might be awkward for them to do it this way. But like, this is we're doing this for all of us, and, and it's going to work. And uh, and so far it has. Now I still, you know, we haven't addressed the bullpen and 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 the closer role, but but even that, uh, they're shuffling people, and it's you know whoever can get the job done, and he's he's not afraid. He doesn't want to embarrass any players. Yeah. Uh, but but he wants to get the job. That's a that's a perfect example of. Boy, that's a tough spot to, to be in, given the, the personnel you have. But somehow, so far, because of the starting pitching, it's uh, it's been able to hold up, and that's a credit, I think, to Ross. So when you look at this team, and you 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 look back, even go all the way back uh, to the resurgence, and and when they really stepped onto the scene when they brought Lester in in 2015, along with Madden, and uh, and and really kind of put the put the stake in the ground to say, you know what, we are here to compete. Are you surprised with with how successful they've been to be able to go to three straight NLCSs, break the curse, you know, go to the uh, win the World Series, uh, uh, have some some really in- incredible moments during that time, or do you feel like this is a team that that should have done more um, and has faltered? Yeah, yeah. Well, look to me, it's all about getting that that you know that World Series title, which at least <laughs> they they got that. But yeah, I, I think the the Cub fan side of me would say, or the greedy Cub fans I know would say, hey, we we should have won more, you know, at least another one. I mean, there are a lot of organizations that, that can say that, uh, you know. So I, I just looking back, not to nitpick, but I think they had the, the, the personnel was better, the players, the talent on the field, and I'm not blaming Matt or the manager or management, um, but I there there were some situations. I mean, like, let's look at the Dodgers, for example, and, yeah. and, and you know, seven straight division titles and a couple of World Series, but they didn't win one. So, what, you know, which do you take if you have a choice? And sometimes you don't even have a choice of, of if you can get there. And that's why I thought at least the Cubs could have, could have gotten back into another World Series if not won another one. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think the organization now is at, it's not a crossroads, but there's a key point coming forward with how are you going to keep all of these guys this this lineup and and yet you know you've got some aging pitchers and you don't have a, a closer that's that you can at least say I, I can count on and get me through a couple of seasons so uh, that would be a concern as to where we are now but but yeah the bottom line is they they did get a world series and so for whatever it took just like you talked about joe bad and i think too i think it was the right the right time maybe a Maybe a year too late. It got a little awkward there with the situation, uh, and, and maybe the Cubs were waiting for the right guy to find to replace Matt and, and went with and went with Ross. But uh, but it was a move that that seems like it was the best under the circumstances. When you think about how, if this season plays out, if we get the sixty games in, if the expanded playoffs goes through, and if it's if it, if it's intact, so in other words, you don't lose like entire divisions or teams, and and it truly is. Um, all the teams going right to the finish. What would this title mean for a franchise? Would you know the Dodgers? I think are the last team to really have an incomplete season title, and nobody really talks about that unless it, this comes up. What do you think it would mean for a a COVID shortened season World Series? Would that would that be uh, forever uh, kind of tarnished, or do you think that it would be as special as it right now? Baseball right now feels very special. Yes, it does. It still feels special. Even you know, it's funny. We, we like you were talking about when we opened this. You can complain about a seven inning or the runner at second base, or wow, there's only sixty. But when you're you're sitting there watching your, your game, whatever, as a fan, uh, whether it's the Cubs or the Dodgers, your Yankees, Red Sox, you're into the game. You, you don't think, and, and actually, some of these 
you know, 10 inning guy at second is extra inning. It's been fun. I mean, it, it's, it's a different type of thing. But in other words, you don't lose the appreciation for your team and for baseball being played. And that's why I, I somebody, and I wouldn't say this season would be tarnished. Uh, it's it's obviously different. We all know that. I, I think the audience, you know, we, we accept this given the circumstances. As we said, something is better than nothing. Somebody said, well, uh, and I don't know who said this, but it's a great line about well, the season will have an asterisk next to it. And it's like, no, it'll have a star next to it because I really believe not, not to be you know hokey, but I, I, I think that uh, when we look back on this, however a team got through this year, wh- whether it be the health issue or the, the traveling or who they play, uh, it, it's going to be special and stand out. And, and I think they'll deserve a lot of credit. Now, in some cases, it might be unfair. You lose it a key player or two for two weeks because of not an injury, but because of COVID-19 or quarantining, it's a disadvantage. But again, the ones who can take advantage of that and early, we've seen uh, some teams, obviously the, the Cubs just, just be prepared and going by the protocol that have an advantage. So I, I think, it, no, I, 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 at the moment, it, it, when we get to that world series and it, it, that's the key to as playing the entire postseason, getting the seven game world series in, or if it goes seven, um, I, I, not that we're going to forget about how we got here, but I, but I don't think it will detract. And in fact, I think it'll be a greater compliment to the team that, that ultimately wins. And yeah, I mean, you're right. If you're a baseball fan and you're not listening and watching to every single inning, I mean, you are missing out right now. So let, let's, let's uh, switch gears for just a second. What, Man, what a season and what a year to launch a, a baseball network, <laughs> the Marquee Network. Uh, you uh, are unof- or you're officially uh, listed as as a as a as a as a broadcaster, so you'd be doing some of the games um, and also a studio host. But obviously, all of those things have been kind of thrown into lurch. What wh- what is your role with the Marquee, and and how in the heck did the Cubs get you? Because you are at the the face of so many incredible sp- uh, sports and and so many incredible events with Fox Sports. What what brought you to the Marquee Network, and what do you hope to be able to do? Well, one of the first things, I you know, grew up a, a Dodger fan, but I grew up in South Florida before they had their own teams and super stations. Obviously, the, the, the Braves and the Cubs, you'd get sometimes the, the, the Mets on WWOR when they'd carry them down there. So I, I as a kid in the afternoon, uh, would get Cubs games going back and on uh, TV and being a base, not having our own you know, spring training down there, but we didn't have our own major league team at the time. So, so the Cubs were kind of a team I was always familiar with, and at the time they weren't really great, but they had some cool players. So, and it's just the whole feel of, of, of Wrigley and the, the, the comfort of, of, of hearing their games, it, it, it became a part of me, you know. So, um, and then obviously work out in California. So, but I've always had a soft spot for the Cubs. And when the Marquee Network was being put together, uh, there was some interest about helping out behind the Len Casper and uh, filling in on some play-by-play, which I'd done with with, with Fox and I'd done, of course, baseball for years. The studio helped Chris Berman and I put on the Baseball Tonight Show back in the days, uh, also in and around sports. So uh, there, was, there was always this this passion for baseball. When the network had their crew, they were adding different types of people. They wanted a blend of some other people to help you know, the broadcast insight, whether it's a Rick Sutcliffe from ESPN or, or a Carlos Pena from the MLB network. And, and, and then having my son, I think Mark DeRosa was another one. So um, they asked, and what really helped seal the deal for me, and I had an agent talking to Mike McCarthy, uh, ran, built up MSG in New York, and then has done a great job with this. And then Mike Santini from the baseball network has come over. So these were, these were, you know, people I knew that, we're not only good with baseball, but good with running a, running a network. 
work on a channel. And so I've had other opportunities, but just never had the time or the room with Fox in my assignments. This time there was. It worked in the schedule, at least given on a, on a regular season platform. But Bill Murray, who I go back with, enough to name drop a, a long way from <laughs> met him at the ESPYs in the early 90s. We've hung out, we've each other's houses, we've known families, we've golf, whatever. Uh, he's a very unique guy, and as a diehard, we're just talking baseball with him. He's a terrific uh, Chicago sports fan, whether well, any sport. And a really astute sports fan with anything. He could watch golf and, and be a broadcaster if he really wanted to. But he always pushed me and said, hey, you know, your voice, you have the right voice for baseball. You should do more baseball. And I'm like, well, you know, the studio, I'm, I'm doing what I, whatever they assign me to do. So uh, he happened to, uh, I bet you that when I got the call about this possibility. So I think he was over in Europe doing a movie. Uh, or something, and he said, "What well, you know, you have to do this. You have to take that slam and offer." I said, "I said, no, I don't. I don't. I have, have to offer the gig." I said, "It just sounded kind of exciting." And I thought I'd let you go because you were always the guy. And I said, "This is the Cubs, and it's their own channel. Finally, this is a, you know, this is a, this is a big deal. This is really one of those special teams and situations." So he goes, "Well, who's who's in charge? Give me his number." And I, I said, "What? Well, you know?" So I gave him the Mike McCarthy's number, and, and McCarthy called him. Uh, you know, I, I forget what time, but it was two in the morning over there. And, Left him a message, and then the, the, the McCarthy called called it back. And Bill, I, I guess, so I think McCarthy said, "Hey, you know, you got you got the gig. If you know, if, if you listen to Bill Murray, he just said you could do anything or whatever. You know, it was very complimentary <laughs> in his own his own weird Bill way. And again, him being such a Cubs fan, it was like tough to say no. I guess you know that's you'll have to have a marquee side of it. But that helped in a limited basis. I'm really a part-time contributor, but uh, when it allows, we'll do more when they need me to, to do more. So that's kind of a, I know that's a long story, but that's yeah. a shorter version of, of some of the other things that happened in the, in the process. So that's kind of the whole tie. And disappointed, like everybody else, who's had to adjust in this world with uh, you know jobs. And I feel so bad for people who've been affected yeah. by this, yeah. lost family members and, and, and different things. But it, it wiped out, obviously, a lot of our plans and some of the things we had going for now. But there's always next year going, or going forward or possibly in the postseason. We had, we had Lynn on just a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, love Lynn, love his broadcast. Would love to hear yeah, he's you. Tra- he's, he's fantastic, yeah. and would love, but would love to, to hear you and your take on the mic. But it's probably in the shortened season, probably not going to be likely. It's yeah, his and obviously with the schedule, I I'm, I really love Lynn Catherine. When I did a few Fox uh, Cub games, I think I did one with Eric Carros years back. We were at Wrigley. And uh, even when we went in to do a White Sox game in Chicago, I, I really enjoy Len's uh, comfortable yeah. style. He's a, just a very likable guy. And him and Jim Deshays, they have a, uh, fun with a sense of humor. And so it's, it's really a, it's a, it's a nice group. And, again, that's to be a part of, of, of a broadcast like that. And then adding some of the other people that they have, Mark Grace. Uh, I was set to do a game with uh, Mark Grace and uh, Rick Seckler. But, in fact, the Dodger Cub series in May was, was one I was going to – uh, fill in for Lennon and do that, but obviously it was, it was wiped out with the scheduling. So, uh, but but those are that that's it, it's more than just another job here. This is an exciting kind of thing to be a part of. So yeah. all the little pieces that I tried to explain in that story kind of fit together. It was like yeah. you know this is this is right. Got to go for this, and I'm grateful for for the opportunity. We've got time for just a, a little bit a little bit more with you. Appreciate your time so much, Chris Myers. Uh, Marquee Network, you see him everywhere on Fox Sports. Uh, and now you did say you could you you would name drop or you can name drop. You know him enough, Bill Murray. But you know, I'm just saying, if you know, if you talk to him next time, you tell him you know a guy with the Cubs Cup podcast. Would love to have him on. <laughs> but uh, let's. Oh yeah, he could. Yeah, he could talk. I tried to get him on our little Cubs trivia show that we did during. I love that show. Yes. So and he he wanted to go on with with Billy Williams. That's one of his favorite oh, Cubs yeah. players. And we were trying to make that happen. Uh, but I I don't know what well. First of yeah. all, we, we got games back, which was the, the, the priority. But, 
Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's fun to talk, uh, it was to talk a... baseball with, and baseball announcers too. He's got a good ear for things. Rhino, how fun was that? I mean, Chris Myers, did you enjoy that interview or what? Chad, that was excellent. And the Bill Murray story to me, I thought was so fantastic and really just an interesting story. First of all, I didn't know he was close with Bill Murray. And how about the fact that Bill Murray calls the Marquee Network to recommend Chris Myers for the job? Like that to me, if you were able to get Bill Murray to recommend you for a job. How amazing would that be? And then for him to call and say, you need to hire him. That to me is so fantastic. I, I love that so much. I, you know, there's not a Cubs podcast, um, you know, that gets better guests. And I, I don't say that braggy. I don't say that, you know, pompously. I just say that to say, if you're a listener of this podcast, we're really trying, like we want to bring interesting voices. And I think what I love so much about Chris Myers, and I I said it a little bit during the interview, uh, you know, when I, when I was a young buck and I realized I wanted to, you know, be on ESPN, be on sports center as I'm sure you did as well. You know, I, I loved, you know, everybody loved Oberman and Dan Patrick. I love Chris Myers. He, you know, he had the interview shows, you know, he was always there, always steady. And, and, and it was almost sad when he got hired away for Fox sports. Cause at the time back then Fox was just getting into the NFL and he was on the forefront of that. But if there's a big event, Chris Myers is there and he was nothing but gracious, such a friendly guy as promised. He'll be back again um, later on this year. And, and uh, it was just so great to have him on. It was such a thrill. Really, really was. And just remember, if you want to get in touch with the show with Chad or myself, uh, you can find us on social media. Of course, we have the Chicago Cubs Facebook page, which we're always welcoming new members to interact with and to talk to online. Plus, you can find us on Twitter. Chad is at the Chad Gordon, and I am at Ryan D. Lever. So please make sure to check us out and uh, be a part of the show. And we would love to hear who you want us to talk to as well. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the eighth inning and Rhino. Um, let's talk about another way that our listeners have been interacting with us. And we've got such a great community on our Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page. And all you have to do is type in the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines and you'll find us on Facebook. And we are excited to share that we've hatched this really fun idea to get more interactivity, to, to get more support for both the podcast and the Facebook page. Um, and you've got a great opportunity to win a couple of really fun opportunities. So I'm, I'm going to break that down for you right now. And, and we started this um, in the last week and a half, and we've already exploded um, with the new members and kind of what we've been wanting to do. So here are the steps of the contest. Now, no purchase necessary. This is all for fun. Um, what we want to do is if you are, you're listening right now, you are, we want you to share with your friends the uh, the podcast. Um, we obviously want you to also be a part of the Friendly Confines Facebook page. But if you can, go to wherever you listen. Most of our listeners we're finding from our statistics are listening to on Apple Podcasts. But wherever you're listening, we need you to make sure you're subscribed, write a review, and give us a rating. We hope you like it. I mean, if you're here in the eighth inning, you must kind of like it, right, Rhino? I mean, you're probably, you know, you're probably a fan. So let us know that you wrote that review because we could see it when it pops up. Let us know where you wrote the review and then post on the Friendly Confines Facebook page um, that you did that and and invite a couple of your Cubs fan friends who are, you know, that would benefit from both the podcast and the Facebook page. 
and uh, and tag them on on your post. And what we're going to be doing once a month, we're going to be selecting one person at random and they get to join us. They get to join us for one inning. They choose the topic and they get to debate both of us. Whatever they want to talk about, one person they can choose. And at the end of the season, we have a fantastic blockbuster prize. Can't share with you just yet, but just know it's something you're going to want to wear and show off from the 2016 Chicago Cup season. Love it. That's good stuff. So get those uh, reviews in and uh, start joining now and start sharing. That's the way to uh, make it happen so you can be a part of the show. So let's move on to the ninth inning now, Chad. Yes, you want something else? I was just going to say, I mean, if you're again, if you're listening right now, why are we doing this? We're doing this because we want to grow. We've got a really dedicated, steady audience and we want to grow it even more. So if you enjoy this, please, we're asking you help us grow. And these are a couple ways you can help us grow the podcast so we get bigger and better. And imagine the guests we could get if we got bigger and better. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Well, maybe Bill Murray. You never know. Bill Murray would be great. It's coming. It's happening. Uh, ninth inning now, Chad. And, uh, you know, we've talked in the past about teams who have uh, fallen victim to COVID. Obviously, the Miami Marlins, the Philadelphia Phillies had to have games suspended. And, of course, it wouldn't be just so rich if the St. Louis Cardinals were also not involved. And, lo and behold, they were. And yeah. the Cardinals had multiple players, including Yadier Molina, uh, test positive for COVID-19. Um, there were reports that the Cardinals players had gone to the Ozarks or gone to a casino and had kind of spread it amongst the locker room. And it just gave me several opportunities on Twitter to um, just really give it to the St. Louis Cardinals franchise. I mean, listen, um, Cub fans are always going to try and dig in as much as they can to Cardinal fans and vice versa. But, man, I don't think I ever felt this good um, digging into Cardinal fans than I did about the Cardinals basically coming close to ruining the 2020 baseball season and the Cubs' great start than uh, I did over the last few days. Um, How do you take this news, Chad? Do you like the fact that the Cardinals give you something to um, joke about a little more? to make fun of. I mean, certainly we don't want to see the players healthy health decline. I'm not, I do, obviously we do not want anything to happen to the players, of course, but I do have to admit it was a lot of fun to uh, see this happen to the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I, I gotta say, don't, don't you agree? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go on a different take and, and, and I appreciate where you're coming from. I, I'm frustrated, <laughs> right? Imagine if if this this series doesn't kick off this weekend and and the Cubs don't get to play the Cardinals and then they're playing catch up and they've got to play a series of doubleheaders. You know, right now the Cardinals are behind because they've they've lost some games. The Cubs are going to be facing, you know, a good portion of the uh, of the Cardinals players are going to be from the taxi squad. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated um, with 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 Miami. I'm frustrated with the Cardinals. Now, let's just say that these players, it wasn't about the casino. It wasn't about a strip club in Atlanta like the reports are with with Miami. You know, those are the stories that are out there. Let's just say they were just out and about and this thing happened and it spread. That is a concern and a worry about COVID-19. I'm frustrated if it is because people were reckless and they weren't taking it seriously because it kind of speaks to what's going on right now in the world and society. And there's certain people that aren't taking it as seriously. My hope is 
we're not going to see this happen again in week three and week four. And, and, and as I've shared with you, my doomsday scenario of just losing teams or losing divisions. So I'm glad the Cubs schedule has not been impacted yet. Um, you know, if the Cardinal players have actually done things that, that put them in this situation where they were unsafe, shame on them. And, and hopefully this is a wake up call for them and all other teams that they have to take this seriously if they truly want to finish this season and make it into the playoffs. Well said, Chad. Uh, that is going to do it then for this edition of the Friendly Confines. Once again, our thanks to Chris Myers from the Marquee Sports Network and, of course, Fox Sports. We really appreciate the time with him. Great interview with him, Chad. And um, we will talk to you next time and next week here on the Friendly Confines. So for Chad, I am Ryan. Hey, everybody, wear a mask. See you at the ballpark one day. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed The first time you walk into Wrigley